It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino at chumbacasino.com. Choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. VGW Void were prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry. Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. Chumbacasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Forward, prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. What's up, everybody? We're going to get started in just a second. Uh, thank y'all for <clears throat> sticking it out with me. I know it's a little late tonight, um, but we definitely want to get in and talk about this game right quick. The Titans defeating the Commanders 21-17 to improve to 3-2 and two on the year. Uh, we're definitely going to talk about that in greater detail. We're going to definitely talk about, um, you know, who, you know, played well and who did not, because uh, there definitely was a lot of people that did not play well uh, in this game. And there were a few people that did play well. And so we're definitely going to get into that. Uh, we're definitely going to talk about, you know, the good, the bad, and the awful, because uh, there was quite a bit that was definitely, there was a couple of things that were good. There were a couple of things that were bad. And there were definitely some things that was absolutely awful. But we're definitely going to get into that uh, in just a bit. So uh, kick back, relax for a minute. We're going to get ready to get started in just a few moments. Uh, definitely make sure you share this show out. And um, and then definitely uh, get ready as we are going to get into this game a little bit in more detail. And so uh, we're going to get started in less than 30 seconds. Let's get going. What's going on? What's going on out there, Titan Nation? How's everybody doing? Welcome in to TNT Post Game. I'm your host, a uh, Chris, aka Blue Enforcer, and we're definitely gonna have a very good time on this show. Derek Roberts, as always, thank you so much for the super chat. Uh, definitely do appreciate that. AZ Mick, what's going on with you? Uh, we are definitely gonna have a very good uh, show this evening. Not gonna try to hold y'all too long. 
because uh, I know some of y'all uh, probably got to, you know, do some work in the morning and things like that. And we're going to go ahead and get into this game. Uh, definitely be on the lookout for uh, the Truth League report tomorrow as uh, I recap week nine. I mean, uh, week five, excuse me, in the league. And uh, I, of course, let y'all know who I think are my top ballers and the top games from uh, this week. So we're definitely going to get into all of that and, you know, definitely at some point. So we're definitely going to do that. I appreciate everybody tuning in uh, to the show. Uh, make sure y'all share this show out. Uh, share it out to everybody, uh, whether it be on Facebook, uh, Instagram, you uh, on YouTube, Twitter. Uh, definitely make sure y'all share this show out to everybody and uh, let them know where they can come on in and uh, get their fill of Titans uh, content. Well, we're going to go ahead and I'm uh, not going to waste uh, much time. We're going to go ahead and get into this game. As the as you see above, the Tennessee Titans do defeat the Washington Commanders 21-17. They improve to 3-2 um, and two on the year. And going into their bye week on a three-game winning streak, even though uh, this game definitely left you scratching your head uh, more than anything else. So let's just get right into it. You know, there, you know, the, there was a lot of things that happened in this game, both good and bad um, and everything. And I'm actually going to have some things going on. Like Carson went, you know, first off, I'm going to start on the Titans. You had Tannehill who had a, pedestrian type day even though he was mainly running for his life uh with that Washington front uh coming after him you know with that front coming after him and as I told y'all on Wednesday I said that that Washington defensive line was very good and and they definitely showed that Montez Sweat um was pretty dominant and, I mean, you know, definitely showed, uh, you know, why he was picked in the, in the first round the way he was some years back and why there was a time I was clamoring for Montez Sweat uh, a long time ago. And, you know, Montez Sweat is a beast. And he showed that. And Jonathan Allen, you know, definitely did the same thing uh as well and i mean that defensive line like i said was really good but Tannehill had a little success especially in the screen game and uh got a uh a touchdown pass to Dontrell Hilliard uh early in the game to make the first score and and then Derrick Henry of course Derrick Henry doing Derrick Henry things as always and was just an absolute beast, despite the offensive line being just god-awful. And, you know, that's something that we're definitely going to talk about uh, later on in the show, is uh, just how bad that offensive line really was. And, 
you know, this, but despite all of that, you know, they did what they had to do. They outscored them and, uh, and was able to get the W at the end of the day. And so they improve again to, they improve again to three and two on the year. They're on a three game winning streak. Uh, you're going into the bye, and you know, there is a lot of things, you know, there's a lot of bad that you can look at at this game, but there's also some good uh, that you can look at as well. And I'll take away from this game as, you know, we do go into this buy. And so, again, make sure y'all share this show out uh, to everybody. If you haven't uh, hit the like button, go ahead and smash that like button. And then also, if you haven't subscribed to the show, go ahead and subscribe uh, to the show. So that and uh, hit the bell so that way you know when new shows are going to be coming out, and then that way you'll be up to date on everything going on. So I'm gonna put the score up and uh, show everybody uh, what's happening. And now the stats are gonna be below. Hopefully, I got everything right. If I didn't, I'll go ahead and fix that. But I see we got Ms. Benson here. It says second half struggles again. Tannehill got sacked five times. A lot of penalties. Definitely going to talk about that. This team makes every game a cardiac game. What happens if we don't get that pick? And that is one thing. During my live broadcast, there were some fans that were saying, don't lose faith. You know, you got to always believe. And and, and why you had, don't doubt them. And I wasn't worried. And I'm going to say to all those fans, y'all were lying. Y'all were lying. Y'all was just as worried as I am. And you know it. Because as Derek Roberts says, and that is something that we have to definitely, we're definitely going to discuss uh, because I will let y'all know I'm going to make an announcement now. There will not be a Titans in Truth on Wednesday. Uh, I'm going to take a break uh, because it is the bye week. Um, if there's any big news that do come out, um, I will definitely let you know of that uh, in particular. But um, I'm definitely going to take a quick breather since it is the bye week as well. But if there are some things to report, I will report on that. Uh, and everything. So we'll have a little bit of a conversation for just a moment. But as Reggie B says, there's a lot of work that still needs to be done. And you're absolutely right. So again, you're looking at the stats. Tannehill, 15 of 25, 181 yards, pretty pedestrian, did throw one touchdown pass. The bright spot on the offense, as of course, was Derrick Henry. 28 carries, 102 yards, two TDs. Uh, had a lot of the yards in the first half, but Derrick Henry, of course, does Derrick Henry thing. And that's what we always love. The screen game actually did some good, especially with the running backs. Don Trail Hilliard had four catches, uh, had one for a touchdown as well. Um Robert Woods had four catches for 37 yards, but he did have a couple of key drops that I was not a fan of. Nick Westbrook-Akina had one of the big catches in the second half that helped the Titans propel to victory on that. So, you know, offensively, there were a lot of things not to like uh, about this game, but there were a few bright spots. Defensively, 
Defensively, they held on as much as possible. They bent, but they did not break. Even though Carson went through for 359 yards and had two long touchdowns to Deami Brown, who hadn't caught but one pass all year, never scored a touchdown, but he has a 100-yard game and two TDs in this one. And that's something that I'm not a fan of. Why do the Titans make all these no-name guys look like superstars? And now, you know, in fantasy, somebody's going to be like, well, you know what? You should go pick up Deami Brown off of the waiver wire. Or you should go pick up Mac Hollins off the waiver wire after what they did in that last game against the Titans. I'm willing to bet Deami Brown doesn't have another touchdown this year. But he got two on this one. And so that's something that I didn't really like either. Um, But on the defensive side, the defensive line, I think, got the pressure that needed to be done. Danico Autry was very effective. Jeff Simmons was very effective. Um, The new guy, Sam O., I'm not going to even be able to pronounce his name, but he came in and, um, and got a little pressure at times too. So I think the defensive line did a very good job. Uh, there were some issues in the secondary that we're definitely going to talk about. And then, of course, David Long saving the day at the end with that game-winning interception. And, um, and so I was just very, you know, I felt very good about that. You know, with David Long getting that pick, securing the win, and I was just, you know, I was happy that they got the win. But again, I have my difficulties being happy about this win in particular. So, you know, we'll get into the good, the bad, and the awful, and then we're going to have a conversation about, you know, why do the Titans hate winning easy? Or should I say, why do the Titans always make, always have to win the hard way? You know, why do they do that? Why does every game have to be a cardiac game? Why does every game have to be like you're about to, your blood pressure is about to explode, like you're about to have a heart attack every single week? I don't understand why they do that. And that's something we're definitely going to talk to as well, talk about as well. Uh, but before we do get into that, again, if y'all want some Titans and Truth swag, uh, definitely get up with me or uh, Miss Latoya Akinimi. I'll definitely get with her. And I'll definitely help you get that gear, whether you want a T-shirt, uh, a navy blue, or, or the uh, baby blue T-shirt. Get with me. Uh, at C-A-N-E-W-E-L-L-817 at gmail.com or, of course, any of the 
or any of the pages, of course, that y'all know that I'm on. The T the Titans of Truth fan page, the uh Instagram at Titans underscore in underscore truth, or on Twitter at TNT Blue Enforcer. Definitely get with me, or you can get with Miss Latoya at Queen Butterfly Tees on Instagram or Queen Butterfly Tees at gmail.com. Also, if you want a hat just like the one I'm wearing right here. Uh, as you see on the graphic, hit my guy up at Out the Crib Customs. That's on Instagram at Out underscore the underscore crib underscore customs. And uh, you definitely could get uh, a hat just like this one. Um, and it will look so good on you. Uh, definitely. So TNT post game continuing on. And we're definitely going to get into now the good, the bad. And the awful. And, you know, we'll start with the good. And it wasn't a lot of good that came out of this game. Because I'm going to say this. Even though the Tennessee Titans won this game, and they are now 3-2, and two, I just do not feel like this was a good win. This was a very bad win. You know, um, I was on uh, the Power Hour uh, earlier tonight, and I said, yes, there is a such thing as bad losses. There is also a such thing as bad wins. And I really think this constitutes as a bad win. And, of course, I see that Kansas City, who was down 20-7 to earlier in the game, came back to win 30-29. to um, This counts as a bad win, in my honest opinion. This was not a good game, really, for a lot of people. And I did not leave this game. I left this game thinking... It's lucky we're playing some bad teams right now. But when we go up against some of these good teams, I won't like our chances. And that's just me being honest. I hope I'm wrong on this. But if we're, you know, Colts are a bad team, we should beat them. The Texans are a bad team, they should beat them. The Jaguars, I think they're a bad team, but I think they're a bad, they're a good team bad team like they've gotten better which is something I don't think any of us expected yet I said that the Jags would be good in about another year or so I didn't expect them to be good now and they're actually doing pretty good although they lost to the Texans yesterday but this is not a good football team right now and we're going to go ahead and get into that with the good, the bad, and the awful. The good. Red zone defense. And they did very well keeping Washington out of the end zone when they got close. I mean, they forced a field goal. You know, they forced a field goal uh, in one situation and then, of course, got the interception at the other end. And uh, so 
Uh, you know, I think the red zone defense has been really, really good all year. And I'll also say the red zone offense has been good too. 12 of 13 trips in the red zone, they've scored a touchdown. So they get very stingy inside of the 20, and they also take advantage inside the 20 as well. Derrick Henry, as usual, as usual, has done his good work. And, you know, Derrick Henry is now, um, has, you know, been moving up in his stats. Uh, so, you know, he's been, you know, coming along two straight, you know, two straight 100-yard games uh, right now. And so he's been turning along. He's got 408 yards right now. And so he is definitely on pace, I want to say, for about 1,600 yards, if I'm not mistaken. If I take every four games or so, he's on pace for about 1,500, 1,600 yards. And so, you know, Derrick Henry just continues to do things he, he's always done. Even with a terrible offensive line in front of him, he is still producing. Man, what would he be doing with a good offensive line or at least a decent offensive line in front of him? That would be the thing. So those are the only good things I come out of this game. And I'll throw in an honorable mention, the pass rush with Big Jeff and Danico Autry. And even though Rashard Weaver didn't really have much of a stat line this game, I do like our pass rush and the defensive line. But that's all the good that I have. The bad. We gave up way too many explosive plays. Way too many. And I'm not just talking about the two Deami Brown touchdowns. There were, uh, you know, Terry McLaurin caught an, uh, a, a good pass deep. Um, Curtis Samuel early on was racking up some yards over the middle and things like that. But... I mean, we were consistently giving up uh, explosive plays, and that's something that we cannot do. Because if you're doing this against Carson Wentz, I mean, God forbid what's going to happen when you go up against Patrick Mahomes and Joe Burrow and Aaron Rodgers later this year and Justin Herbert. All better quarterbacks than Carson Wentz, by the way. Just thought I would mention that. The pass defense was not very good in this game. Now, I think Christian Fulton made some nice plays. And, you know, I think Roger McCreary, even though he gave up a deep ball, hasn't been too bad. Now, AZ mentioned Caleb Farley is awful for being a first-round pick. And I'm not going to say he's not good. He isn't right now. He is not good right now, but I know there's a lot of you. I know there's a lot of people out there that's ready to be out on Farley, that's ready to give up on him already. I am not one of them. I just think this is the only way Farley gets better is with reps. And I just think he also has a – now, Caleb Farley does also have a confidence problem. He definitely has a confidence problem that needs to be ironed out. But I think if he could at least make a couple of plays in a game, 
I think that will help his confidence go up a little bit more. But I think with Caleb Farley, it's really – a lot of people just say he doesn't have the talent. No, I don't think it's Caleb Farley's talent at all. I think it's up here. This is where I think Caleb Farley is struggling the most, mentally. I just think Caleb Farley is in his own head and needs to get out of his own way and just go out there and play football. Because he's way better than what Terrence Mitchell would give you. And that ain't much. So, you know, I know it might sound like I'm making excuses for Caleb Farley. I am not. He gave up that deep ball and it was bad. Without a doubt, it was really bad. But at the same time, this kid has only played in seven NFL games in two years. There's a lot of other rookies who have played in like 12, 13, 15, 17 games in two years or in like 30 games in like two years. He's only played so far seven games in a year and a half. He still has to learn. Lucky Land Casino, asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car, before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. So, but again, giving up the explosive plays uh, definitely was not good. Uh, I didn't think Ryan Tannehill had a particularly great game. I think he was, he he was I, he was I. Nothing like nothing to write home to mama about, but he was he was I. But not great for what he had to deal with. Uh, the bad, another bad that I could come up with is not using the tight ends. Why are they not throwing the ball to Hooper or Chig? But yet they'll probably definitely give a try to throwing the ball to Jeff Swain because it just seemed like they just love Jeff Swain so much because he's a great blocker. And in this game, he didn't really do well at blocking, to be honest. And then last but not least, the awful, and this was god-awful. Matter of fact, for this segment, I got to change it. Not just the awful, but the god-awful, and that is the offensive line. This offensive line was absolutely atrocious. This offensive line was horrible. All across the line, nobody did well. I haven't even went back and re-looked at the game, although I should. But I can tell you, the offensive line was absolutely God-awful. They could not protect Tannehill. Tannehill was running for his life. And every time it seemed like Tannehill had a shot at something, 
a defensive lineman was running free heading towards him. Montez Sweat had his breakout game, had two sacks. Jonathan Allen was consistently pushing Aaron Brewer around. Well, Aaron Brewer was getting pushed around by everybody. Dennis Daly was absolutely the worst offensive lineman of the five. The offensive lineman was god-awful, and I just cannot think of a of the worst possible bad word I could say about Dennis Daly. He played like dog crap. No, you know what? I'm just going to go ahead and say it. Forgive my language. He played like dog shit. He did. He played like absolute dog shit. He was getting beat down by everybody. It didn't matter who lined up on his side. He was getting beat like a drum. Aaron Brewer, absolutely, completely outmatched. I mean, Vrabel says he's tougher than a $2 steak. Well, a $2 steak ain't very much. Very thin. I've been to some steak houses. A good steak is at least about $25. And I'm talking about like, you know, 18 ounce, 20. You know, you got like your 10 ounce, your 12 ounce, your 18 ounce. Porterhouses are about 25 ounces. Those are big-time steaks. And Aaron Brewer ain't tougher than that. Aaron Brewer's a little soft, if you ask me. I mean, I, he's tough, but he's thin. He can't hold up against the massive defensive linemen coming at him. They're just going to push him around, and they have. Ben Jones looks like he is at the end of his rope. Dylan Raiders starting for, you know, Nate Davis. I didn't really notice him. But the whole offensive line was bad. So, I mean, we noticed all of that. And even though I'm going to give Nicholas Petit Ferrer a benefit of the doubt, this was his worst game as a Titan. This was bad for him. But I think this will be something he learns from and gets better as time goes on. I actually got hope for, for Nicholas Petit Ferrer. This game, not so much. But the offensive line was absolutely awful. And, you know, and I would say also the whole offense reverted back to his old ways. But instead of playing bad in the second half, they pretty much played bad the whole game. Minus Derrick Henry's 100 yards and minus the 60-some-yard catch by Nick westbrook Aquino, which was a nice catch, by the way. Other than that, nobody else really played well. Dontrell Hill, you had a couple of nice catches. But nobody else played well that just, like, oh, my God, this offense is great. Todd Downing stinks, as usual. The execution stunk. I'll admit that. But nothing about this offense was good. It was all bad. And yet we still won. Against a better team, we would have got destroyed.
And that's just me being nice. So, again, that is the good, the bad, and the awful. And Ms. Bims, I didn't really get to watch a lot of that game. I didn't really um, hear that. So I really didn't get to watch much, much of that game. Um, I think we were all praying. Anybody that says they were not nervous were lying to you. They were lying. So that is the good, the bad, and the awful. But now I do have a topic of conversation that we need to talk about really fast. Of course, um, some national news uh, to break. Uh, looks like Baker Mayfield, of course, is dealing with an injury. Uh, so, you know, another quarterback, P.J. Walker, could be starting. He's dealing with a high ankle sprain. And so P.J. Walker could be uh, next in line. Uh, to start because Baker Mayfield's going to be out due to injury and Sam Darnold is still out uh, on IR as well. And Matt Rule um, was fired uh, by the Carolina Panthers today uh, after they started off one and four. So he is out as Carolina Panther head coach. Which they need to do the same thing to Todd Downing. But Quick question. Why do the Titans do us like this? Why can they not seem to ever win the easy way? They always have to win the hard way. It seems like they never It seems like they never can take care of business and play four complete games, four complete quarters of football. They always seem to just let that other team hang around. They always seem to let this game stay closer than it should. And I'm not liking that because it's like what Derrick Henry said last week. Eventually it's going to catch up to you. And in this game, it almost did. Because I all I'm thinking in my mind is commanders for the score and win this game. They are for to take this game away from us. But David Long saves the day at the very end. But I do not, I, I cannot stand this, but the Titans have always done this. They never go out there and just punch a team in the mouth, and go out there and win a game, you know, 24-0 or 35-3 to or 31-10. It always seems to be a 17-13 or, you know, 20-14 or 20-17 or 24-21. And it always seems like they just let the team hang around. And it's like, I, I just, I don't get that. Darren Robinson said, we adopt the identity of a coach who was an underdog his whole career. 
just because you're an underdog doesn't mean that you have to let other teams hang around. Put your foot on their throat and punch and, and choke them out. You don't give them life. The De'Ami Brown touchdowns gave them life. They actually thought they could win. So, I just, I, I hate that. You don't leave a game to chance. If you got a chance to beat the crap out of a team, do it. And quit messing around. And make adjustments and adapt. Because it's Vrabel. He wants to win hard. Well, that ain't going to be a good recipe going forward if that's the way he wants it. And Ms. Bibb said, well, the Steelers are 1-4. Why don't they fire the coach from the Steelers? Here's the problem with that. And Ms. Bibbs, you got to understand this. They're not going to fire Mike Tomlin just because they're having one bad season. Mike Tomlin has been the head coach of the Pittsburgh Steelers for 16 years. The Pittsburgh Steelers in the last 40 years have had three head coaches in over 40 years. Well, yeah, in over 40 years, three head coaches. That's it. Since the 70s, Chuck Noll, Bill Cower, Mike Tomlin. That's it. And Mike Tomlin has had a winning season Every single year he's been there. This might be the first year he doesn't have a winning season. They're not going to fire him because of that. He's been too good. So that's why they won't fire him. And they're not going to. I would not call for Mike Tomlin's head because the Steelers, he's, Mike Tomlin has been a great coach. They just don't have the talent. Right now, Kenny Pickett is starting at quarterback for them. He's got to learn to be a starting quarterback in the NFL. They're just trying to get past this being a new era, era and no big bin. They have no TJ Watt is out on the other side. So they're learning to win again under a new quarterback. That's why. Daryl Robinson, we need help at O-line. Bad Wheezy Bowski. Listening to that work. I appreciate it. And like, and Damon, what's up? Tighten up, sir. Tighten up. And Daryl Robinson, exactly. Because that is one of the class jobs in the NFL is the Pittsburgh Steelers job. And they've been so successful over the years. That's why they've only had three head coaches in over 40 years. Whereas some of the organizations that had coach after coach after coach after coach after coach after coach. For a long time, we had Jeff Fisher for years. And then we went, you know, a different direction. You know, after that, then, you know, you go to, you know, Mike Munchak. And Ken Wisenhunt, Mike Malarkey, and now Mike Vrabel. We've had more coaches in the last 
10 years in the last, you know, 15 years than the Steelers have had. We've had four head coaches in the last 15 years. Steelers have had one. And they do well. But again, back to the subject at hand, I don't understand why they have to win the hard way. You have a chance to get up on a team, you get up on a team. You get up 14 up to the 24 to 10, you should continue to smash. That Colts game should have been like 31 to 10. Should have been like a 35-13, maybe a 35-17 uh, game like that. I just, I never understand why they make it so hard in football games when they could just go ahead, go out there, execute, beat the team down, and move on. But I think that's a question we'll never find the actual answer to because we know Vrabel knows everything more than us. But anyway, that's really all I got to say about that. Um, I'm going to answer a couple of y'all questions, but we're going to get ready to close this show out. Let's see. Landon says, do you think most do you think that in most of the first half that Downing's play calls were scripted and in the second half is when is what is when he can't do that, he's in trouble. And Mike Bishop on the Power Hour of the Power Hour, shout out to the Power Hour. Definitely go check out that show. Uh, I was just on there earlier tonight uh, on YouTube. And he said there are three qualities to being a good coach and a good play caller. And that is creativity, adaptability, and just doing what you have to do knowing to win the game. And Todd Downing does none of those well. I mean, there were a couple of calls where it was pretty good. You know, the, the King Cat, um, the um, that shovel pass to Chick that got called back off of a stupid penalty. Um, the double, the fake screen to Henry, the screen to Hilliard, good play call. He has a couple of those. First half didn't go so well scripted this game because this was the first game of the year where we didn't score an opening touchdown. But I just, he doesn't adapt. And that's the problem. And Vrabel doesn't adapt well either. That is a major problem going forward. You have and and a wrestler, Triple H, said it best as a part of evolution. You either adapt or perish. You got to always be able to adapt to any situation. You got, and I've said this before, you have to make adjustments daily. Because the other team is going to make adjustments. So when that other team makes adjustments, you got to anticipate and you got to make adjustments to the adjustment. And as I've always said, from the first half, you got to make some adjustments to the second half. From the first quarter, you got to make some adjustments going into the second quarter, into the third quarter, into the fourth quarter. You got to make adjustments. A good coach always knows they have to make adjustments all the time. That way you keep a team guessing and not be predictable. 
It's all about adaptability. It's all about making adjustments, which is something that Todd Downing does not do well. So Derek says, if I if he could adapt mid-game, I could tolerate his attitude. I mean, I agree. But the only problem is Vrabel does not do a good job of adapting. It's not very good. And so they don't adapt well into the second half. Just like a job, be open to a new direction. And I agree with that too, Landon. I do agree. Yep. Second half shows his hand. First half does an okay job. And in this game, it wasn't really good this time. But yeah, Tony Dada said, oh, well, we need to execute better. Like, take responsibility on yourself and realize you're bad. And I've said, and that is an excellent comment because I say this all the time. If one or two people are messing up, it is that person or those two people. But if an entire unit is messing up, then you kind of got to take a look at who is over that unit and reevaluate them because, you know, you can have all the talent in the world, but if everybody is struggling, if everybody on the offense is struggling, then you got to take a look at the overall, who leads the offense overall. And I'm not talking about Tannehill because Tannehill is included in the offense. Who is over the offense as far as play calling, make sure the right players are on the field, make sure that the right plays are being called. That's on Downing. And since Vrabel is over Downing, that's on Vrabel as well. But you don't hear the coaches ever saying, you know what, it's my fault. It's me. They want to keep blaming the players a lot. And that's not going to be a good recipe going forward because if you keep doing that, the players are going to tune you out. Is Burks okay? Well, Burks is on the IR. He's going to miss at least another three games. So he's on short-term IR. I don't know how long he's going to be out dealing with a turf toe. Thank God he won't need surgery, but he's going to be out for a little bit of time. Eventually, Tim Kelly is going to be offensive coordinator, I think. So that's just going to be the truth. But, y'all, there's really not much more to really talk about. Uh, I'm going to go ahead and give my final thoughts. Uh, by the way, I'm going to mention there will not be a Titans in Truth on Wednesday. Since it is the bye week, I'm going to take a break, uh, basically. But, yeah, the Titans need to take a look at themselves in the mirror. They need to definitely make some changes along the offensive line. Uh, they need to get some healthy bodies back. Uh, quit. They need to find out a way to stop giving up explosive plays. And they need to figure out a way to open up this passing game a lot better. And let Damon said, we need to look at our trainers too. I mean, yeah. Strength and conditioning seems to be a problem because we get guys hurt all the time. But injuries happen all over the league. 
It's not just us. You had all training camp and preseason. And that's true. You have. So we'll see if they do make some changes. I'm not very confident that they will because, you know, again, Vrabel is very stubborn. He thinks what he does is always correct and that he's never wrong. And we're definitely going to find out. So they got two weeks to prepare for Indianapolis. And they better come out looking better than they have in recent weeks. But everybody, that's going to just about do it for me tonight. Uh, hopefully everybody enjoys the rest of their week. Uh, I am Chris, a.k.a. Blue Enforcer. Again, make sure y'all uh, subscribe to the channels. Uh, also, make sure um, you hit that like button. Uh, definitely hit the like button if you're in here watching. And also subscribe to the channel as well. Ring that bell so you get all the notifications uh, of the shows going on. So I definitely do um, thank y'all for tuning into the show. Uh, and I hope everybody has a very good rest of the week. And um, I'm going to be doing the week five review tomorrow. So get ready for that uh, of the NFL. And then uh, I will definitely make some picks for the weekend. And next Wednesday, we will get ready to preview the Indianapolis Colt. I'm going to try to see. I think I may have a guest coming on uh, for that as well from the Colt side. Uh, so definitely stay tuned for that. But uh, y'all have a good one. Tighten up. That's all we know how to do. I holler. <laughs>